Hello there and welcome to uh, Music and Film Saves the World podcast. I'm your host Chris Rice and this is the podcast for just normal people to talk about their love of music and film. And talking about normal people, I have my good friend here, Gaz Jones, uh, joining me once again. Uh, hello Gaz, how are you doing? Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. And um, yes, yeah, so today we've got, this is a special Christmas episode. This is also the last episode of this series um of um our music and film saves the world podcast and we're going to um share with you our top five christmas songs so like like a lot of traditions at christmas christmas trees mince pies turkey covid cases rising christmas <laughs> songs <laughs> are ones that we uh is one thing that it gets played these days in november doesn't it not only do people yeah. put their christmas uh, decorations up ridiculously early these days but also you hear christmas songs ridiculously early so today gareth and i are going to chat about our top five christmas songs each um and also what we've we were having a little chat just before we recorded one thing we were talking about was the resurgence of christmas songs over the last 10 years not only christmas songs guys but christmas albums um, I mean, Michael yeah. Michael Bublé's Christmas album is one of the best-selling albums of all time. Um, yeah. You know, you've got um, people repackaging old Christmas albums. Gary Barlow's got one out just at the moment. All that type of thing. It's Christmas albums are very and songs have become much more popular, and that's probably due to streaming because obviously people oh, yeah, are streaming their Christmas playlists. Yeah. But Sort of the 90s and noughties, Christmas songs went out of fashion a bit, didn't they, Gaz? It's like 70s and 80s used to have loads. And then the 90s and noughties, they went a bit out of fashion, didn't they? Well, it it just seemed like one of those things that people like Cliff Richard and, you know, Shaken Stevens or people like that would release. Yeah. Um, Cheesy or or not, you know, not exactly the coolest cats on the block. Yeah. And um, I think that it, Brit, the Britpop age as well sort of put the nail in the mm, coffin because none of those Britpop mm, bands you could ever, I mean, I mean, there must have been a couple of exceptions, but you could never imagine them sort of Oasis going, yeah, let's release a Christmas tune or even Blur or anything like that. No, you just you just couldn't imagine no. them doing that. And no. it's sort of even the pop bands of that age, um, Spice Girls, Steps, uh, Take All, that. Saints, yeah. yeah, they never release Christmas songs, which you no. possibly associate that type of ba- um, artists do. And um, yeah, it, it was it's strange, really. But now it's sort of become a little bit more fashionable and OK to do because you're guaranteed a almost guaranteed now a top 40 hit, even if you don't normally get them now. Well, not not just a top 40 hit. I think, you know, if it's a decent Christmas song, it will go in that drawer of 20 songs or whatever that get rolled out every november and december yeah with you know you, you, your slades and your, your wizards and elton john and paul yeah. McCartney, stuff like this yeah. um and, and I, I, mean, I, I remember reading an article a few years ago um with noddy holder i think it was noddy holder it might have been jim lee uh who's the bassist from slade he yeah. said he still earns over a million pounds every christmas just from merry christmas everybody yeah amazing he said this is it's his pension plan that's what he said, yeah amazing it? amazing it's crazy because yeah. it's 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 on every if you buy a compilation it'll be on, on it present. i mean yeah. if it isn't on it you'd be disappointed even though yeah. you're probably fed up it's usually track one side one if yeah, you pardon yeah. the pun so, that's so um a nice plug your music taste could go uh get put in as you say put in that drawer for a little while because you could you could quite happily enjoy a cheesy christmas tune as well yeah of course you know 
know, even, even the bad Christmas songs hold a, a certain nostalgic quality, like, you know, Thank God It's Christmas by Queen is bloody awful. But I don't know if it's because I remember it from the time or it's the fact it's been omnipresent for the past 36 Christmases. You know, yeah. I really, you know, I, you know, I heard it, you know, tonight at the depot as I was unloading my van. Yeah. I couldn't help. I couldn't put the second chorus. I was like unloading boxes onto the belt, going, "Thank God it's Christmas." <laughs> <laughs> and also, some of these songs, though, you sort of think, "Oh yeah, I hear it once a year." But actually, you probably hear songs from those artists more than any other song. I mean, mm. I wouldn't normally choose to listen to Mariah Carey, but I know that every no. year I'll hear "All I Want for Christmas Is You." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah, it's yeah. um, you know, it's 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 the way it's the way it is with christmas songs you sort of think you only hear them once a year but you probably hear those songs more than some of the other people's songs in oh, yeah, I would, oh i would have thought so yeah definitely especially um, especially with Mar- mariah carey these days yeah you yeah know, you know with the well actually of, i don't know fantasy or something oh, fantasy is well, a great song but you know. it, i think uh, there's, a, there's a little quick there's a little thing we can bring up with that actually as well yeah. in a second so let's let's okay, right. crack on with our um five cool. um let's so gas What's your number five favourite Christmas song? Okay, propping up the uh, the bottom end of the list, we got uh, from nineteen. Um, see, I did a bit of homework here. Um, December nineteen eighty five. Uh, yep. We got Bruce Springsteen's cover of Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which reached number nine in the UK top forty. And it was a double A side with My Hometown, the last track on Born in the USA. You know what, Gaz? You must have read my mind today because this is exactly the same research I've done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. Great, <laughs> Wikipedia, correct as per usual. Yeah, um, as always. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was like it, it was a live, a live, live, live version that was recorded in 1975, but wasn't released until 10 years later. Ah, I didn't know that about that uh, that one. But I, with Santa Claus is coming to town, obviously it's a very, very famous, originally a. Made famous by Motown, wasn't it? The Supremes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Supremes, yeah. The Jackson 5 of quite, probably the most famous version of it, I would yeah. say. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. But I know that what, what's funny about this uh, version is that um, uh, Harrywood Radio, which was the Peter hmm. Brown, used to play it a lot in the Shat- in the 90s. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we used to listen we we changed it eventually to Radio One, but we used to listen to Harrywood Radio on the way to school. Paul Paul Coit. Yes. What a great DJ he was. He was brilliant. Uh, who actually DJ. became he's only recently been retired he's only recently retired as the Spurs announcer at White Hart Lane. Oh really? He's done that for years. He's done that for That's years. Unbelievable. After leaving radio, he was like yeah. the man, the, the comp here at White Hart Lane. So yeah. any mascots, right. all that, yeah. any presentations before the match, Paul Coit did it, and he's been he was doing it for the uh, for the Spurs. But anyway, but yeah. So and and they he often played at Christmas this version of Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus is coming to town. Now I do have one issue with this this version. Because I listened to it again today and hadn't listened to it for a long time. Mm. Is it me? And I'm, I might be sounding like an old funny dad, even though it's an old track anyway. So it's not like yeah. I'm, I'm just not like I'm not with the kids or anything. But <laughs> um, does he sound a bit out of tune in this? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I think there might have been maybe a bit of alcohol on stage or whatever. Yeah. I don't it's, think it was ever meant to be released as a single. 
It sounds it like a, it, it sounds it, like it, a Christmas show, and he's like, "Let's just do." Yeah, this. yeah, it's a bit of a party, you know. Because um, I mean, there are parts of it he's out of tune. There are parts of it where he messes up the lyrics and starts laughing. Yeah. And all of this, but there's I don't know. There's just so much kind of I don't know unbridled joy. I like the fact that there's mistakes in it and there's cock-ups in it. Yeah. And it was just released as is. Um. To be honest, like I said, I don't think he ever intended it to be released, and I think it was only released as a single in the UK because obviously, yeah. by the end of 1985, he was one of the biggest, well, one of the biggest acts in the UK, let alone the world. God, yeah. after you know, tell end of the Born in the USA campaign, I think the British record label wanted to release something that was Christmassy, yeah, because obviously that enough. was kind of the era of like big Christmas songs with Band Aid on yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I think it was kind of tagged on with you know the only kind of real syrupy ballad that was on Born in the USA. So I think that's the reason. Yeah. But it's just so much, I don't know, just fun in it. Yeah. You know. It sounds like a Christmas party a little bit. You know, having a... Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Having a Christmas party. Drunken, drunken Harold from Accounts is on the karaoke <laughs> machine. He's had, he's had one too many shandies. <laughs> Obviously a much better band than you would get at a Christmas party. Just a tad. Um, <laughs> the greatest bar band you'll ever anyway. see. Yeah, no. We can't talk about Christmas parties at the moment, Gaz. It's uh, <laughs> no, no, hot topic. No. But, they were um, a thing once. So Santa... <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> so Santa Claus is coming to town. Is your number yeah. five, and yeah. and I'm going to go to my number five. And I, I've got, I was so I didn't know what to put in my number five. I had about three or four that I was toying with, and I was toying yeah, with same. Christmas song Nat King Cole. I mm. was. I was toying with um, Santa Bring My Baby Back to Me by Elvis mm. Presley and um, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. I was sort of toying with that. Not, not the Mel and Kim version. No, no not the Mel and Kim version. No, <laughs> no. And, no. <laughs> which was a copy relief uh, single, that wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. R- Richard Curtis directed the video. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what I chose was... Oh, and also the other one was a Killers track. Now, the Killers, they went through a phase of releasing a new Christmas single every year for about 10 yeah. years. And then yeah. they eventually released it as a download-only album. Um, oh, nice. Don't Waste Your Wishes, I think the album's called, that they actually eventually released back in, like, 2017, compiling all those songs. There. And one, there's one song on it called Christmas in L.A., which is a yeah. great song. And I was, I, I listened, it was out of that one, and this one I'm going to say now. And I listened to them back to back. And even though this is one of the most overplayed Christmas songs of all time, there is a reason why it's like that. So I've chosen um, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Never heard Now, no. Um, <laughs> I think this is a great pop song. And as I say, I don't, I'm not a Mariah Carey fan. I mean, I, under, I, I appreciate she's probably one of the biggest selling female artists of all time. The amount of number one she's had, especially in America. Yeah. Oh my God, Unrivaled. Yeah. Madonna, I think, would rival her. Um, and probably Taylor Swift now. But um, I just think this is a cracking Christmas song. And it's one of those that you could sing along to. I don't get overly fed up with it which is a bit weird but Mm. uh, you know you were talking about Slade Mariah Carey and Slade this is bear with me on this right they have the they've one of those artists that have had lots of hits yeah but they're more they're they're still 
their biggest hit and what they're most famous for is a Christmas one. And not many artists who have had such a massive array of hits like those two artists had, and obviously could say that. Normally, you know, you could say, yeah, they had a Christmas song, but they also had these really good ones as well. Um, Mariah Carey's obviously had multiple number ones in America. I think it's the teens how many number ones she's had. Um, Slade had five number ones over here. Um, But if anyone names a Mariah Carey song, I bet you they'd say, all I want for Christmas is you. And if you ask someone to name a Slade song, it's Merry Xmas, everybody. Um, But... All over Christmas of you, released in 1994 in one of the closest Christmas number one races ever. I think there was only a few thousand copies between yeah. um, whatever by Oasis at three, this at two, and E17 stay another day at one. Yeah, pretty solid top three, to be fair. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a good top three. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you don't get many Christmas top threes as good as that top three, to be honest with no, you. No, um, no, it was from a no. Christmas album she actually released called Merry Christmas. And it's they, I think they've the songs only recently in the last couple of years gone to number one because of streaming. I think it's at number four already at the moment in the UK charts. <laughs> um, but it's um, it went to number one in America for the first time recently and in the oh, UK really? for the first time recently. Both back both 2019, so it's it, it happened at the same time. It's spent 112 weeks in the UK singles charts, and it's one of the best-selling singles ever. And it's estimated in 2017, it was estimated that it's made 60 billion, no, 60 billion, 60 million dollars in royalties. Um, and Mariah Carey co-wrote that with the sort of well-known producer. I think he wrote some some stuff with Whitney Houston, Walter Afansiev. I don't know if I'm. Oh uh, yeah, name rings a bell. Yeah. I think he released. Um, he, I think he wrote quite a few with Whitney Houston, yeah. especially back in the 80s. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. I've always liked this song from the from the from the word go, and it's one of those songs that you hear every Christmas. It's almost become the most popular Christmas song. Yeah, in this country, yeah, definitely in, in this country. I think it, I think it is now. You know, it's um, time to time to listen to Pogues, probably. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what's um, funny about some of these songs that you hear again and again. I would say twenty years ago, I would have had the Pogues in my top five. Mm. Yes, it's, completely, yeah. it's completely are completely fed up of it and um there was another one i thought of recently that i'm, I'm a bit fed up of slade etc and all that type of thing as well so we'll get that onto that a little bit later but i think it, this one i think is a classic pop song one of mariah carey's best pre- and it's probably bound to be her best-selling single of all time i don't think oh, there's any by far, by far. Yeah. Um, um so that's number five for me um all right coming in number four for me um we're going full on uh alan partridge for this one we got um a little bit of chris Rea ah, driving home chris. for christmas now we're gonna uh, let's hold off with the cold off on the chris Rea facts because we might have a few more of this later. oh okay no spoilers <laughs> As you well know. so let's <laughs> we'll, we'll a, cl- a brilliant christmas song but there's, oh, what, this wonderful. Is, i looked up some of the research on this and it's yeah. real fascinating. I, I didn't know much about this song, actually, mm. uh, in terms of the background of it. So save that for a, a little okay. bit later. Spoilers for All people. Right, there. Right. Uh, so my number four, I think, is a very, actually, a similar song in some respects, similar sounding song, slight Motown sound to it. Um, and that's Leona Lewis, One More Sleep from 2013. Um 
once again, not an artist that I wouldn't partic- I would particularly listen to, but I think this is a great Christmas pop song. Um, and it got to number three. It's had 93 million streams apparently since its uh, first release. It's currently at number 21 in the singles charts now, this right. this this week, um, and it's sold over a million copies. Probably, I I'm not. I reckon Bleeding Love was possibly still Leona Lewis's best-selling single, but mm. I think this is a great Christmas song. It's it's it, it's not a syrupy ballad in some respects. It is, but it's not. It's like a positive, upbeat pop song, and I sometimes think a positive up. And positive upbeat song is what I want for Christmas songs. And that's why I like Mariah Carey's one. That's why I like this one from Leona Lewis. Um, I I would assume you've, you've obviously, have you, you've heard this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, was, I, I hadn't heard it in a while. But obviously when you see this through, I, I was like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Um, I mean, you know, there's, whilst there's no doubting that Leona Lewis has an absolutely unbelievable voice almost Whitney Houston levels of just, yeah. just incredible you know <sighs> it just it comes from that era of it's the whole x factor thing well and 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 <laughs> and you know I I don't know if it, it just even just kind of her name will automatically get a from me because of that whole association with what they made not just the charts, but the way they kind of, I don't know, I'm not saying they were directly responsible for it, but I think they had a large hand in just this music being this absolutely disposable thing. You know, you're here for a week and then it's like, right, okay, you're yesterday's news, we're going to look at this other thing now. And, you know, I, I know I've had on pretty good authority that, that what, what, why a lot of kind of new new acts who get signed to labels these days, or certainly were like 10, 15 years ago, the fact that they they weren't put on like development deals or anything like that, or they didn't have time to learn their craft, yeah. or have time to release an album and build a fan base and stuff, was because of um, the disposable kind of way that X Factor did things. It was just like a ready-made pop star. It's like, right, we'll just get an album, made instant, instant return off that, and then... They're dumped yeah. the following week later. You know, you think of, I mean, God, I don't know, you think of some names like, you know, Steve Brookstein and people like this. I felt so sorry for people like Yeah, him. yeah. You know, I mean, he seemed like a genuinely nice guy. I think it's got prob- chewed up and spat out. And, the problem with know. the X Factor was that um, it did dominate that, especially that Christmas chart. Yeah. And I think that sort of really got people's nerves because at one point it was such a big show that it was, if you, it was almost guaranteed and that's obviously why that rages against the machine um uh, yeah thing happened that one time I, I like that, even, you know, then, even then joe mckelder still got to number one a week later so yeah yeah, but, yeah but the funny, funny it, thing was it was like rage against the machine's record label was sony simon cow is a major shareholder in, in sony <laughs> so whoever got to number one simon cow still won yeah, yeah. And, um you know and i agree i think it i think it made it almost the trouble is you had all the artists that came forth third second releasing stuff and obviously some yeah, some I mean, allowed, one, little mix one yeah, direction i mean one direction didn't win it um yeah he did yeah um, girls lab one as well but, I, but yeah. the, the flip side of that is 
there has been some decent artists that's come from this. And Leona Lewis, Alexandra Burke's got a fantastic voice. Yeah. Will Young's always done very well, still sells well. Um, and yeah. also bands like Little Mix and Girls Aloud and One Direction, three yeah. really good, good pop yeah, bands. Little Mix are great, yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, I understand, but then you've got things like Journey South, Steve Brookstein. Um, Journey South. Uh, 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 what's the uh, other one? I sort of Richard, um, I think I think a couple of these actually might. Be was, uh, Ch- Ch- Chico. Chico. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! Because then you've got um, things um, like talent artists doing yeah. the same thing. So, so it got started yeah. getting confusing. Are they X Factor? Yeah. Are they Brits? Got yeah. test? Basically the same show. Um, it is the same show. Yeah. Um, but obviously now that's that's gone. Um, and now we're yeah. sort of back to streaming being the way. But even now you get. And it's nothing like the X Factor, but you get a campaign from someone. So yeah. now you've got, um, was it Lad Baby has had three number ones in a row, this YouTube guy yeah. with his yeah, charities. Yeah. Now you can't be yeah. grudged charity singing in some Oh, respect. God, no, of course not. Of course not. But he's doing it again. He's going for it next week, yeah. this time backed by Ed Sheeran and Elton John. I mean, they probably can't say no because it's a charity. If somebody goes charity, they know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you sort of think, oh, can't you just raise some money and give it to charity? Do we have to release a single? Well, yeah, but you know, it's not like he's the first. No, you know, you always got you always got god awful songs at Christmas. You know, yeah. you know Bob, Bob, you know Bob the Builder, Mr Blobby, um, uh, yeah. Crazy Frog. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a terrible time for awful Mighty, novelty records. J- night, J- you know, Jive Bunny, Mighty Mighty yeah. Morphin Power Rangers released a single. Yeah, Power it's Rangers, you know, WWF All Stars. Yeah, of course. It is ridiculous. It's usually like, it was always like Christmas time, it would always be like taste went out the window and people buy any old rubbish. Yeah, right? yeah. And it was always like towards the end of like summer holidays, you'd always get the summer novelty hits out here, brothers, Wigfield. Yeah. Because, you know, I could never understand why these people, you know, they go on holiday fine, yeah. They're having a good time in Spain or Falaraki or whatever, right? yeah. and and they, and they hear this song every night by the and they go and ask the DJ, like, oh yes, by the Out Here Brothers, and they get home, you're like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm not even gonna unpack. I'm going straight down our price, ask your mum, right? <laughs> and I'm gonna buy that single that I, that I that I love and got played every night, you know. And, I know it, well, it is funny. It's it. funny. It is, and I, I think, I think, and yeah. I think, especially with Christmas, I think yeah. if you start getting worked up about the Christmas charts, I think you've just got to yeah. take a chill. And so, no, I know. I mean, you know, and some the, day, some some years you get a cracking Christmas number one. Some yeah. years you'll get a novelty one. Some years yeah. you'll get X Factor, which seems to have gone now, which always was yeah. going to just be a trend. It it was a trend that lasted a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. And I mean, no, no, no spoilers, but there's, a, I've got a song coming up pretty high in my chart, and I think that was the last time where I, I really got kind of heavily emotionally involved with like a Christmas <laughs> chart, and yeah, I, I think it was, it was at that point where I was, yeah, I kind of had a look at myself in the mirror, and was like, it doesn't matter, just take it to your bed, doesn't matter. Don't but, worry about it. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. but this, this song by Leona Lewis, she's got a cracking voice. It's a cracking pop song. 
it's a really good Christmas song. It's it's one of those. It's in it's in this sort of resurgence period of Christmas songs that we've had. So I wanted to have something that was a bit newer in there, even though it's still 2013, which is still eight <laughs> years ago. Um, that was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I know. Um, I'm actually quite I quite like Elton John and Ed Sheeran's one. I, I, I'll put my hands up. I I actually was pleasantly surprised that yeah, right. about that one. It's all right. Um, it's all right. So um, anyway, so that is my number four. So what's your number mm-hmm. three? Uh, my number three uh, from December 1982. Uh, we've got the waitresses and Christmas wrapping, mm. and it's mad that it only got to number 45. I know, I know. It's Crazy when it's Very you know, famous that, song it, again. It's one of those songs that's in that drawer that I was talking about earlier with your Elton Johns and your Wizards and your Slaves and your Whams and all that, and your Band Aids. You hear Christmas wrapping, and I, I'm, you know, I will pretty much guarantee that I'm the last person to get on a dance floor, right? Uh, Whatever the occasion may be. You try and drag me onto, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unless it's, I don't know, half one in the morning and they, and they drop rocking all over the world by the quote or house or something. I'm I'm there, you know? Um, But this is like one of the few songs, uh, for example, you know, like a Christmas do or something that would actually get me on the floor. I love the fact it's, it's an absolute funk filled floor filler banger. Yeah, you know, it's got it's got the bass line that was ripped up, ripped off from Good Times by Chic. It's got a bonk, dang, dong, you know, sort yeah. of popping funky bass line. You know, what? Why do Christmas songs have to be, you know, a bit dour and you know, ballady? Why can't you have an up tempo? Why can't there be more up tempo Christmas songs well, that's, that's, with a bit that's, of funk in there and a bit? Of that's the reason. What? That's the reason why the the, fir- the two, first two I've chosen. Obviously, they're not funky songs, but they're up tempo yeah. pop songs, yeah. and I, I, yeah. I think that's. Uh, um, what's interesting about this one is actually I, the first time I heard it was in the early 90s. My dad bought a Christmas CD compilation and, a, and it was on it, um, along with all, along with Slade, obviously, yeah. and um, <laughs> and um, it was on it. But it sort of had a resurgence in the yeah. 90s, didn't it? And yeah. it's well, used the, been used in lots of films as well. Yeah, it's been used in loads of films. I think the Spice Girls might have done a version of it, it on the B side or something. Yeah, they did the B side. This is one of the things I researched. So the B side, they did a, uh, a cover of it. I didn't. I didn't need to research this. So I knew this. I knew the Spice Girls had done it. It was the B side of Goodbye. Yeah. There you go. Was, their Christmas yeah. number one yeah. from '98. And mm-hmm. uh, other people that have done um, uh, covers of it is Kate Nash. Uh, the cast of Glee and yeah. uh, Kylie Minogue not that long ago on her Christmas album, Kylie mm. Christmas. Um, yeah. And it was originally um, recorded for a compilation album called A Christmas Record, which was all uh, artists from this particular record label. Um, now, you know, we were talking about how Slade and Mariah have had loads of hits, but this one's yeah. the one. Waitresses haven't had loads of hits. This is the one. This is the only hit. Like I always say, if you, write a classic, if you write a classic Christmas song, it will outlive all of us. It will outlive yeah, you. Yeah, it will yeah. outlive the following generation. Because yeah. it will be played every Christmas now, forever. And I do yeah. generally think it's an absolute classic. Even when I was younger, I, I always liked this one when it came up on Christmas compilations. Because it's just a bit... It's a bit different, it's a bit different. You know, and also it's got yeah. that early it's got that early 80s post-punk sound like yeah. a bit like yeah. um the go-go's joan yeah Jett. yeah 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 if, if you said it's got, one of those you wouldn't, it's the horn it's sure. the horn it's, it's when the horn riff comes in and it's yeah. it's kind of it's 
it's, it's almost done as like a, I think the drums are on a four-four and the horn is playing it on a three-four. Yeah. yeah, and then when it all yeah, comes back in, because 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 the beat is not matching with each other, it yeah, doesn't. It sort of yeah. doesn't sound quite right, but yeah. it does work. And it does work. Great. Yeah, it does. And yeah. if I remember from the Spice Girls um, cover, they were fairly faithful to it. I think. yeah, they were. Yeah, you can't mess. I with haven't this. heard that. I haven't heard that in a long while. But I think they were yeah. fairly faithful. Yeah, it was. So, it, was um, it was. No, it was no for no. I'm 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 pretty sure. That used to get quite a bit of airplane radio one at the time. I he think. did, he did, yeah, he yeah. did. Um, so that was your number three. That was my number three, mate. Yeah, the waitress's uh, Christmas wrapping. So my number three. Ah, yes, of course. This is <laughs> so my number three of is course. from. <laughs> I was just looking at my list and go, what's my done number ah, three? Ah, of course. <laughs> the Wombles. The Wombles. Ah, here we go. This surprised you when I put this one on it. Um, So Wombles, obviously, if you're unfamiliar with the Wombles, Wombles, they were sort of a was were they a cartoon or a puppet show from the? Yeah, it was like a stop motion, stop motion, stop motion animation. Um, and they were they were rubbish. They were like these creatures who picked up the rubbish on Wimbledon Common. And um, because you don't see much Womble stuff anymore. So I'm thinking that some people um, might not understand what on earth they are. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. There was this, there's a singer songwriter called Mike Batt who's had success mm. throughout his career. I mean, he's, God, he's written for, history for everyone, hasn't he? Oh, loads of people. And um, he sort of was the Wombles. He sort of did a, a almost like a created a band of these puppets basically mm. um and he had a number of hits in the 70s probably the most popular one or the most famous one or the famous two is the wombling song and remember you're a womble remember the, the you're a womble yeah most <laughs> top 10 hits and yeah, he... in 1974 they he released a christmas one called wombling merry christmas now you would think why have i put a comedy song in now apart from having wombling in the title that song is not a, it is it is played dead straight the whole song isn't it yeah it's almost as if yeah. you know it just happens to have wombling in the um yeah. in the yeah. title it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's not like a, a comic relief single or a novelty record i mean you could probably say they're a novelty band but it is basically played straight a proper song and it's got this lovely sax sax melody to it it's yeah, another upbeat yeah. one it's yeah. one that gets forgotten not always included on compilations and the reason why i know it is my dad had the single of it so <laughs> good lads your dad random. i was i always i always said your dad had good taste in music <laughs> <laughs> random but dad had the single of it and obviously when because i used to love my music i played it a lot so i always knew this song and i was always then surprised when people didn't know this christmas song and it got to number two in the charts it got to number two in the christmas charts only behind uh lonely this christmas by mud Mm. there's not much more actually about it that you you, i looked it up on wikipedia and it doesn't really give you much Uh, info about but i think it's a great song and if you haven't heard wombling merry christmas by the wombles it's only about three minutes um have a listen to it and it has a sort of a beatlesque melody to it, possibly. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. Um, I, mean, I, Mike, mentioned, Mike, I mentioned it to my wife. Mike Bat is an incredible songwriter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Mike Bat probably more famous in the more later years for launching Katie Mellower's career. He yep. wrote a lot of her early songs yeah, yeah. Uh, before yeah. she wrote her own stuff. Um, I think she always did, but he wrote majority of her stuff at one point. And um, I mean, he wrote A Winter's Tale for David Essex in the 80s, which is another yeah. Christmas song. 
um, which is often on a lot of compilations. But Wombling Merry Christmas, it has a slightly beat less sound. When I mentioned it to my wife, saying, oh, I said, Gaz is surprised that I put the Wombles in. She goes, it sounds a bit beatly, that song, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> she goes, that's what you like. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Wombling Merry Christmas is um, is uh, is a great song. And if you haven't heard from it of it mm. before, check it on Spotify. I'm sure it'll be on there or whatever streaming you have. Have a listen to it. It's only three minutes. It's It'll put a smile on your face. It's a brilliant, <laughs> underrated Christmas track. Or worst case scenario, just borrow your dad's copy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, so before we do our top two, let's. Mm. There's a. We, we're going to mention a few Christmas songs that were really fed up. We always sort of touched on the Pogues, didn't we? We sort of said, "Oh, yeah. I used to love it. Fed up of it now. I would put yeah. Slade in that. I'm a bit fed up of, even though I like some of Slade's other stuff. Mm. I'm a bit oh, fed up of Mary. Mary. Yeah, always, always been a big Slade fan. But, yeah, um, but there's a couple that would probably surprise you, Gaz, that I'm not a big fan of, and that's mm. two ex-Beatles Christmas songs. I've never been a massive mm. fan of Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney, and I've never no. been a massive fan of um, War Is Over by John. Oh, really? That's oh, uh, obviously, I, I always kind of like that. They're okay. Yeah. I don't. I think, I, was, if it, I, I think if we did a top ten, that would probably be in my top ten. Yeah. They're okay. I listen to them, yeah. and um, but having been, been a big Beatles fan, I, I, they, yeah. they they would. I've never been a big fan of those two, those two, mm. those two. But uh, um, I think um, I think that's really the only ones I'm, I would say I'm really fed up with. Um, how about yourself? I mean, I mean, fed up. Yeah, probably the Pogues. Um, it kind of annoys me a bit now whenever I hear it because it's always edited. I've yeah. always had a bit of an issue with that, but okay, fine whatever you know um I mean, in terms of being fed up um when I mean, you know i i i adore wham i absolutely adore george michael yeah i'm sick of last christmas <laughs> you know i'm sick of it or like the, the version that I, I i really like by of that song which you, you, we never hear that's um the, the the version that james dean bradfield did solo acoustically on oh, tfi yeah. friday yeah, in the bar mm-hmm. um way back when um, I think it was released on their B-Size album. It, well, it is, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's a wonderful, just yeah, completely straight solo acoustic version. It's, it's, yeah. it's great, yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I love Wham. Um, girlfriend bought me uh, uh, the final on, on double vinyl uh, earlier this year. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it tells the greatest hits collections. It's Brilliant. unbelievable. And even the new songs, you know, like, you know, Edge of Heaven and Battle Stations, yeah. I love. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, but like, it turns like overrated Christmas songs. I mean, over, I, it's I, over. I, I never liked. I never liked Mud Lonely This Christmas. Right. Okay. You know, um, I'm, I'm not a huge glam rock fan, no. really. I love Slade. I've always yeah. loved Slade. I, for some reason, I've never classed him as glam. I don't know why. No. no. Um, you know, but I, I, I was never a massive fan uh, of like that kind of period of David Bowie. I, I prefer David Bowie's later stuff. Yeah. Um, not really fan of T-Rex and all that. And, you know, I, I, I actually, no, I'll tell you what, what one I can't stand. I can't stand Wizard. I wish you could be Christmas. Ah, uh, yeah. That probably yeah. makes me sound like I haven't got a soul. But <laughs> even, if, and what makes it even more annoying is when the, is, is when the kids come in. Even that, and that bit where Roy Wood goes, yeah. okay, kids, hit it. 
and, and, and you get these really annoying kids. And then you think um, it's finished, and then the sleigh bells start. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, oh, just, just enough already. And, uh, yeah, um, I mean, it's mad, it's mad. That wasn't it that year, 72 or 73. Oh, um, um, there was Elton John, yeah. Mud, Slade, yeah. Wizards, all the same year. 70s was a yeah. big year, for, a big yeah. decade for Christmas tracks. Yeah, and also, funny enough, we go back to the Wombles, in, there was a mashup in 2000 of Wizards yeah. and the Wombling, and, and <laughs> the wa- uh, Wombling Merry Christmas. I wish it was Wombling Christmas every day. And it, and it, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Brilliant. It is. I w- it's something, Brilliant. something like that. And it got to number 22 in the charts. That was in 2000. There you go. Wow. Like so there would have still been physical sales. That would have been physical sales. Yeah, yeah, it would have been, yeah. Wow. I, was, I, but, don't, uh, I don't remember that. Well, I, it's when, when I looked at the, my research and I was like, yeah. and I haven't wow. tried to listen to it because I'm sure it's awful. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but, I, I, yeah. but the um, I do I do enjoy some of the old, old school crooners crew the swing christmas songs d martin frank sinatra nat king cole yeah. i think yeah. some of those are, are great and still sound great you know the christmas song um let it snow let it snow winter yeah. wonderland there's just something about that swing era that really s- suits itself to christmas and that's why so yeah. many artists especially after robbie williams did bring out mm. swings or, yeah. or very orchestral albums at christmas yeah. but I, I do like that sort of i don't listen to a lot of that type of music that much but at christmas time i sort of yeah. i i'm more i'm in the mood to listen to that a bit more so um yeah i think i think um yeah i mean i, th- I think the problem is as well you know there might have been a time when I'll, as i said i i do still like the pogue song but I think it's overplayed and there's songs that don't get played so much um, like the Wombles, <laughs> for example, but there's other ones yeah. like um, the Wombats, very similar sounding, but very different band. Uh, yeah. Is this Christmas? That's a great song. Um, some of the killers yeah. ones that they've done over the years, like, yeah. like I said, Christmas in LA, great song. Um, yeah. Coldplay's Christmas lights never was that big a hit as you would think it would be. Uh, it sort of had a bit yeah, of resurgence over the last few yeah. years. Um, so there, there are bands doing that, and sometimes I think they're a bit better than some of the ones that keep getting played now. But um, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Wizard. I'm with you on Wizard. I used to like it, but um, no, I never liked not, it. Not anymore. Never liked it. Um, right then, so let's get on to our number two. And um, what's your number two, guys? Uh, my number two is uh, from December two thousand and three. We have the darkness, um, Lowestoft's finest songs, <laughs> uh, with a song and, called uh, "Christmas Time." Don't let the bells end. And this was the um, this was the year that you were talking about the last time we really got invested. In yeah, Christmas, yeah. So you probably yeah. were disappointed when Gary Jules. Um, I was, I was, I was seething. I, I remember quite clearly, like shouting at the radio, <laughs> going like when they said. I, I, I don't know if it was it probably wasn't Mark Goodyear then it might have been was it Wes Butters or someone like that doing that, a top 40 that, then, I was doing it then. Um, uh, but yeah you know they did that kind of thing that they always do when it gets to number two it's yeah. a dramatic pause and yeah. it's like it's the darkness and I just remember going no no I'm not having this no it's, it's no, still sold no. 222,000 copies I know I know I mean you were um, talking about uh, like you know close Christmas battles this was number one 
all week until the Saturday sale. Yeah. Who was buying this on the Saturday? I think this is was... the thing that I can't comp- right. It's from Donny Darker, Gary Jules's version of Mad World. I love Mad World. Yeah. I love Tears for Fears. One of the greatest yeah. 80s bands, unbelievable. Um, I've you know I love Donny Darko. But it was the fact that Donnie Darko had come out two years before this song yeah. got to number one. Why was this all of a sudden got all this traction? I just don't. It's I, sort of Radio I, One picked it up, if I remember. They sort of went yeah. with it. One of the DJs went with it, or was it used yeah. in a documentary or something? Or no, something... I don't know. I mean, but, it was even on even on the cover of the single, it said from Donnie Darko. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it, it the was, I was like, but that film, that film came out like two years ago. It's strange how sometimes these campaigns Weird, sort of happen. But um, yeah, and I, I can remember those people I knew bought both both did that thing where yeah. they bought both yeah. the Darkness and the Gary yeah. Jules song. Um, and I, the darkness were at their peak at the time. It was so it was they a were. slight surprise. Yeah. And I think it was. And I think this is almost the beginning of. I know even though it sold two hundred twenty-two thousand copies in a week, and it's still now probably it's still sells well as a Christmas song. It was sort yeah. of like the beginning of the end of the darkness. Oh, I, I, I'd, I'd say the big, big beginning of the end for the darkness was the following August when they headlined Reading. The knives were out then. Right. A lot of people. A lot of people. Like the enemy lot, not the Kerrang lot and the rock yeah. lot, the enemy lot and all that. They were like, no, this is an indie festival. How dare they have a classic rock band and the knives are out? Yeah. All this thing that like, how can a band have one album and headline Reading? Yeah. Fast forward to a few years later, the Arctic Monkeys did a pretty good job of it, to be fair. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know but it just, in fact, that, you know, they never got it because they, they were an enemy band. They were supposedly a hip, cool band. Yeah. The Darkness yeah. were uncool. And, the whole the, the whole kind of fall from grace from the darkness it's always fascinated me because like i was there from day one i'm a good friend of mine um we used to be a dj on total rock right yeah. internet rock station in london and he gave the darkness their first ever radio interview back in like that 2001 2002 yeah, yeah. and i you know and i remember him um i think this is before i even had a mobile phone blimey <laughs> um i remember emailing me and going mate i've just heard this band called the darkness he said they sound like acdc thin lizzy and queen yeah. mark my words in a year's time they are going to be huge yeah remember these words and literally it was almost a year to the day i believe leaving a thing called love got to number two and they were like everywhere that's yeah, massive that, it, that was, album it went from massive. nothing to yeah. everything i saw you know, them I they, saw... They, they were they were so big that the brit awards invented an award yeah, for yeah. them to win the following it was the only year they ever had a, a best rock, rock category yeah, yeah. basically just because they wanted to give the darkness another award you know they so, um yeah. i saw them um support robbie williams at nebworth yeah what year was that yeah. summer 2002 and yeah. it went down so well with the crowd mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i actually was one of those people actually quite enjoyed the second album i, I love the second it. album uh, i think it's, it's great it's that sort of bit over the top that sometimes happens but that's the type yeah. of band they were but yeah. but anyway back to the christmas one christmas time don't yeah. the birds. it is a great it is a good look it is a it's classic wonderful. rock I, 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 so from what i was saying about wizard when i hate it when the when the kids choir comes in when the kids choir comes in on this <laughs> it elevates it to some almost heavenly i've seen god kind of territory for me but, yeah. But if this was released in the seventies, if someone said to you this song's from the seventies, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. It does sound no, like of course a, not. A yeah, yeah. It's just it's got that it's it's got a proper glam stomp to it. The production's great on it. It's heavy, big like widdly widdly kind of Wayne's World kind of guitar solo. Yeah. 
Um, I can remember being disappointed when this went didn't go to number one because yeah because I, it was quite I was quite happy that an actual proper big artist was doing yeah a and yeah, that Gary it, Jules one was such a downer of a song oh my god um, yeah yeah and once again I, I like the version I like the song yeah, Bad World Tears for Fears and that version but you yeah. sort of think, oh, come on everybody let's just have a proper Christmas song at yeah yeah that's what um, I didn't get. And it was yeah, like you said, it was like what we were talking about earlier when like, it became kind of very uncool to have a, like a, a song at Christmas with the word Christmas in it yeah. and sleigh bells and kids choirs. Yeah, and it really this. went for it, didn't it? This was the, yeah, this was kind of the first one really since Mariah Carey. Yeah. There wasn't really much, if any, between 95 or 94 and 2003. No, you're right. You know, that were proudly, we are, a, this is a Christmas song. We are singing about how awesome Christmas is. And um, yeah, it had everything, you know, it, it just screamed Christmas Day. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it was, it was, and it was wonderful. And yeah. I, yeah, I bought it, that came out and yeah, I was, and it was, I think it was, it was the last time I listened to like the, the Christmas charts. I always used to listen to yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the top sound of Christmas on the radio. Always just, just yeah. thing I'd always done since yes. I was a kid, you know, yeah, me too, and yeah. I think that was, that was the last time where I, where I listened, and it, and, it, and it was really kind of the crisp. I think 2004, maybe onwards, that was when the X Factor took hold. And, Probably did, yeah, and, yeah. And, it was Pop know, Idol first, wasn't it? And then Pop the, Idol first, yeah. Then the yeah. X Factor. Um, yeah. So anyway, number my number two is your number four. Four. And that's yeah. that's the only one we've matched up on. So that's why I let's I thought let's mm. pause let's pause the discussion till. Yeah. Um, and that's driving home for Christmas by Chris Rea. Now, as I say, this is a fascinating, uh, this is quite a fascinating backstory to this song, because this is what now one, this over the last 10, 15 years, has really gone up from being sort of one of the one, a little bit on the sidelines one, but this has really gone up, um, should I say, parked in the lay-by, but now this one's really, (laughs) (laughs) really is on the main road. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. of Christmas songs. So originally recorded in 1986 as yeah. a B-side to his single Hello Friend. Well, I've got no idea how yeah. that goes. It was re-recorded for uh, sort of like a, a hits album where he re-recorded the tracks. Called oh, New was Life it New, New Life Through Old Windows? Yeah. So it was re-recorded yeah. and released as a single in 1988 where yeah. it got to number 53. Mental. Mental, isn't it? Um, and... 2018 was when it got to its highest position of number 11. Mm. Now, I'm actually slightly surprised it hasn't got higher. So, you know, people, if you're listening to this, stream Chris Rea driving home for Christmas. Let's, yeah. get, let's get it in the top 10. Someone get it in the top 10 this uh, this year, at least. Um, <laughs> and it's an absolute great... I mean, obviously, Chris Rea, all, uh, you know, I don't think there is an album where he doesn't talk about driving or cars or no. well, road to hell or bears. Road to hell, um, uh, yeah, yeah, amongst yeah. others, and yeah, and it's also quite funny. Um, it was voted ITV did their sort of, did one year did their I can't remember what year it was, but did their nation's favorite Christmas songs came number twelve, yeah. the nation's yeah. favorite Christmas song, and it's had um, covers by Stacey Solomon. Oh, Michael, God. Oh, God. Michael Ball has done a cover of it. Mm. Saint Etienne have done a cover of it, mm. as well as Engelbert Humperdinck. So there's quite a variety <laughs> of different artists have done a, a, uh, a little bit. <laughs> done a cover of, uh, of about uh, Driving Over Christmas, but it's a great song, isn't it? 
it's, it's, it's wonderful. Everything about it is, is that kind of perfectly crooned vocal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've always loved Chris Rears, but my mum was yeah. a massive Chris Rears, which yeah. she still is. But I always remember her buying like the Road to Hell album and stuff. And we always, you know, we'd always sing it in the car. Everyone used to do a Chris Rears impression. Like, we're yeah, on the yeah. road to hell. Like, you know, 40 miles a day, loads of whiskey. Well, loads of sort of late 80s, early 90s. Was that his, he was really popular. It was huge, man. I mean, Old Bears was a big album. God's yeah. Great Banana Skin was yeah. a big album. Um, the, I, I love the lyric of top to toe in taillights. I've got red lights all around. It's, yeah. it's just beautifully kind of descriptive. It does that thing, um, it does that thing Chris Rear does where it sounds like it's a sad song, but it's also got a bit of optimistic. Yeah, stuff. no, it does. Yeah. yeah. It's sad, like, oh, I'm stuck in traffic, but yeah, I'm yeah. driving home. Yeah, seeing the exactly. Family. Or Christmas. It, I love I, I love it when it goes into that there's that little string section that doodly, 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 and then it goes into that beautifully restrained bluesy guitar yeah. solo. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. It's it's wonderful. And I'm so glad that um it it ha- it kind of had a lease. I I I'm I'm sure it was used in like Argos adverts and all that kind of stuff and all like Iceland or Waitrose. Iceland stuff, used you know. it. It's one of the re- times of resurgence yeah. of it. I was looking at yeah. it. So Iceland have used it twice, and one of those yeah. versions was the Stacey Solomon cover, and one time was using Chris Rea's right Chris Rea's version. So um, it, it's been used. They've used it as and and, and often that's how things get things yeah. that have got forgotten or or passed yeah. off yeah, the insurgents due to either yeah. featured in a film documentary advert mm. and that's one of those and sometimes it's nice when that happens and, and i think yeah. this song it is because i think it's a, a genuine christmas classic and oh it's a great song. finish 12th in a fairly um populist type poll of yeah. all of those christmas songs that we've just been talking about Not bad, uh, is it? saying Not it bad. got to number 50 what did I say? Fifty-three in nineteen eighty-eight. What 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 is mad as well is the fact it was never played live until two thousand and fourteen. He bet. never played it live. I bet it brought the house down I when he played it, it that it's, year. It's, I bet it's been it's, unbelievable. It's his most famous song. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Before, before, it is now. It is now, but it, it, it would have been like Road to Hell yeah. or, or was Let's it, Dance. Um, Let's Dance would have been quite on the beach. On the yeah. beach or fool, fool if you think it's over. Yeah, yeah. there yeah. would have been. He's had a lot. Of, it, Chris Rea has got a lot of good songs. Yeah. I like Chris. I like Chris Rea. I've got no issue with Chris Rea at all. I think uh, a Chris Rea ranking. <laughs> He did a Road to Hell sequel album, I think. Yeah, he did. He? He did. It was like Road to Hell 2, Back into Hell. <laughs> still there. <laughs> yeah, still stuck in traffic. Still on the M25. Yeah. Um, but Driving Home for Christmas is a brilliant song. Yeah, Obviously, everybody who's probably listening to this has heard this now. And it's on, the, on, their, on yeah. if you've got a Christmas playlist, it'll be on it. It's, but I'm not sick of it. I'm not no, sick of this song. I, I love it. I think it's because we didn't hear it so much when we were younger. Yeah, and, maybe. And it maybe. is a song, but you, it grows on you. Maybe when you first hear it, you're like, yeah, it's nice. But I think it yeah. grows on you. The sentiment yeah, yeah. grows on you. I, and it has that sort of feeling you can tell of when you're a bit older. That's just all you want to do is get home, basically. I'm not that bothered about. Yeah. I'm not that bothered yeah. about um, presents going out, going to the pub. Mm. I just want to get home, and I think that. Yeah, and I think that's it resonates well, and possibly as we get older. But it's a cracking song, an absolute brilliant song, and and probably you know I, I was, I, it almost made my number one. It almost made my number one. Mm. So your number one, Gaz. I I thought I'd heard before. But I have 
I listened to it today for the first time. And it, I think it must be one of the only uh, Christmas songs that ever came from the late 90s. <laughs> I think so, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So what was, what's your uh, what's your number uh, one? My number one, um, my all time favourite Christmas song is from December 1997. Uh, and it's by Fountains of Wayne. And it is called I Want an Alien for Christmas. And it got <laughs> to number 36 in the yeah. charts. I I bought a copy. I'm responsible for getting it to number 36. Thank you very much. There's two things. When I looked it up, there I couldn't. There was nothing on Wikipedia about it. Nope, nope. I, I just all I could do is find that it got to number 36, and then 1998 yeah. it got to number 90 something or other. Um, yeah. And I found it on a Spotify playlist called Emo Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll call it emo Christmas. I'd call, uh, call it nineties power pop or something. Yeah, but, um, I, I did. I didn't I think mean, it sounded very emo, to be honest. But uh, no, yeah. no, no. I mean, I mean, Fountains of Wayne for me. Uh, uh, the, the, their debut album is. I I still absolutely adore it. Um, this came. Uh, the, the debut album came out like early '97. Uh, this came out obviously December '97. Um, they were always kind of a bit of a cult band in this country. I remember Radio 1 playing them a lot when they first came out. They, yeah. they had the first tips called Radiation Vibe, which is unbelievable. I like Adam, um, I always can never say his last name, uh, Seschlinger, I think it is. Uh, he's just, I think he's one of the all-time great pop songwriters. He wrote, um, apart from all the fans of Wayne stuff, He um, one of the best songs he ever wrote was uh, That Thing You Do. He wrote the title track for You Do oh, That Tom, Thing the, You Do. The, yeah, the Tom, Tom Hank film. Love that film. It's great. Um, uh, obviously, you know, five years later, Stacey's mum got huge. And it was really nice. That it was almost like everyone everyone caught up with me with fans <laughs> of Wayne, you see. Uh, I, see, I, 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 I did hear a little sigh when you when I said Stacey's mum. I still love that No, I, I like it. O- I like it. Overplayed I, to death at the to time. To be honest, but, I, because I, I was trying to look up stuff about this song, I forgot yeah. they'd done that one. So when you said yeah. it, I was, like, oh, of course. I was more of a sigh of, oh, of course they did Stacey. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. They did that song. But there's, but there's just, so I, I love the fact that it's it's a Christmas song without sounding Christmassy. It just sounds like another Fountains of Wayne song. Yeah. These are yeah. the sort of songs he would write in his sleep. Yeah. And I love the, the way it kind of captures everything there is to love about, you know, the wanting of like fantastical, massive presence when you're a kid. You yeah. know, when you, you know, when your parents would ask you what you want for Christmas, you'd be like, oh, I want an Optimus Prime, and I want a Rhino rig for Musk, and I want a new computer, and I want an alien. And, it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just reel off all this kind of list of stuff, you know. And it's just, there's just a wonderful kind of innocence in in the kind of lyrics about, you know, I, I want an alien, but I'll look after him. You know, I'll, I'll take him out for walks when it gets warmer in the spring and stuff like yeah, this. Yeah. He's, yeah, he was he was a great great songwriter, and it was really sad when um, he died last year as a result of as a result of COVID. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, not long after, like it was April May last year. Yeah, he died of like complications as a result of COVID. It was really sad because mm. yeah, I fans of Wayne are just ninety nine percent of people will know them just for Stacey's mum and Carson yeah. was a one hit wonder, but they had four or five albums and the first the first two especially are unbelievable great late 90s kind of power pop like lemonheads cheap trick just great yeah. american pop hooks to them and yeah, yeah just incredibly underrated bands and for me it's my favorite christmas song 
I think it's a great song regardless, but it it just reminds. I remember this song being on Radio One. I remember Simon Mayo making this his big single yeah. at Christmas time that that year, and yeah. it just being on the radio and it just reminds me of that great time when you get your first proper job and you got disposable yeah. income. And that's probably why it got to number. 30, it's probably why it got to number thirty six because Simon yeah. Mayo championed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Radio, radio, yeah, yeah. Radio One champion something you generally did get in the top 14 yeah 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 generally yeah you know they champion fountains of wine quite a lot i mean radiation vibe got a lot of plays and um yeah i generally thought that first i saw them at reading that year and they were they were unbelievable cool you know yeah i'll have to check out some some of their albums actually please do mate yeah check out yeah check out it'll all be on spotify but yeah yeah. check out check out the the self-titled debut mate you will love it's a proper bit of you you will love cool the first album so now, I'm slightly surprised this man didn't get into your top five list, Gaz, and not only surprised, well, but slightly disappointed. <laughs> oh, well, well, you're not angry, you're just disappointed. Well, you know, uh, ju- uh, you know, just for kind of full disclosure, I, 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 I like to say just bubbling under at number six, it was uh, the best Christmas song I knew, song of them I all. knew it. I was, you know what? <laughs> I, right, so, I think that's a bloody great song. So my number one is Shaken <laughs> Stevens' Merry Christmas, everyone. So any family members, they're probably not only... <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure Gaz wasn't overly surprised, but I, no, I almost would have put money that best Christmas of the wall was going to get me to that. <laughs> I, I was thinking, I bet he puts the best Christmas of the wall because you're uh, right. That is another great Christmas. Uh, it's a great song. It's a great song. And again, I only heard it fairly recently, earlier this year, on the top of the pops reruns because they were doing Christmas 1990, and yeah. obviously that was his kind of that might have been his last appearance on Top of the Pops until. This whole house got re released yeah, again. Yeah. yeah. Or, well, um, I mean, if you think no. about this, I would say there's five big Christmas songs that guarantee get into the top 20 now. And that's Driving Home for Christmas, yeah. um, Last Christmas by Wham, Mariah Carey, um, The Pogues, and this one. This is one of the now the big ones, isn't yeah. it? I think it's overtaken Slade, it's overtaken yeah, Wizards. This yeah. is now one of the absolute big ones uh merry christmas everyone by shaky now by far probably his most famous hit after this old house and green door um but um i think it's just an absolute brilliant upbeat pop song and um yeah it originally was recorded in 1984 yeah yeah you held held it back as a band-aid didn't it yeah band-aid well i mean Bit like he did really, because you both had Band Aid and Wham was released that year. Yeah. So it that would have been a good top three, wouldn't it? Jesus Christ! I don't think it would have got past those two, but um, no, no. it was the Christmas number one of that of that year, 1985. Um, 1.7 million copies sold. Now it spent as of this week, it spent 81 weeks in the charts. Wow. Um, in 2020, it got to number six, and at this moment in time, it's at number six. <laughs> as well, yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, who have thought? I mean, me obviously, my, one of the first persons, I, people I loved in music was Shaky. Um, you got me. You got me into Shaky. So. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks, mate. It's all right, mate. I, 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 I've got nothing but. <laughs> you know, good vibes to send your way as a result of that because Shaking Stevens, man. Yeah. Great. But this is a great pop song, and yeah. and it's got that lovely sort of key change, which sort of think it's ending and it goes <laughs> yeah. to the key change. It's got one of those, end, yeah. it's got a chorus that is easy to remember, easy to sing, yeah. 
um and it's just a perfect upbeat christmas song and yeah it's played a lot but i played it a lot when it came out so i've always known this song yeah. um we used to put on a a pantomime um when when you used to be in the sixth form of the school i went to you used to have yeah. to we, part of the thing you did at christmas in your first year of sixth form was you put on a pantomime for the lower years for the yeah. first for the years seven and eight yeah. and part of the pantomime was people dressing up as obviously like a pantomime is doing songs dressing up as women and that and one of the songs that i insisted we had in it as our end song <laughs> was this and i couldn't believe it everybody agreed with me so we had it as like the end song. And They're probably too scared to say no to you, mate, because they were like, you know, don't say no. You know, it's a big shaky fan. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't have admit this was this was in '96. Um, '90. Oh. Oh, '94. It would have been Christmas. No, yeah, 94. I, I, yeah, yeah. I would have admitted that in '94, mate. No, God, oh, no, no, no. I don't know how. <laughs> no, 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 I, no. I don't. I sort of, I sort of managed to do it by we were in this sort of trial. I think we were in this meeting where we were sort of like writing it and I was part of the sort of the team part of part of ten yeah. pupils helping writing it and we had to have a cheesy Christmas song at the end and this was and I put this one forward just yeah. as a why don't we have this one? And everyone agreed. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I know there was a couple of people that, that knew my shaky past that <laughs> were quiet. I know why you the shaky it's, it's, the yeah, I was going to say, your, your, your shady, shaky past. <laughs> but no, I mean, and I know you've got uh, a bit of fondness for this one as well. But uh, Oh, it, huge, man. I mean, I mean, you know, shaky, um, written by written by uh, Bob Heatley, who wrote yeah. Shaky's probably best three singles. Yeah. Obviously, this, um, well, obviously, right, Cry Just a Little Bit and Breaking yeah. Up My Heart. They're all yeah. Bob Heatley yeah. songs. Yeah. Now, there's, yeah. A, there's a niche little fact for you, mate. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Why, and, do I, why do I remember this rubbish? But do the, um, and they, he, he sort of wrote the more poppy, shaky songs, didn't he? Not yeah, the ones did, that yeah. were sort of more rock and roll. Throwbacks. No, he wrote the sort of keyboardy, wrote, like yeah. 80s, very, very eighties, eighties, yeah, sort of eighties sounded tracks, and that's not very Christmas. Everyone is really. It's a very eighties yeah. track, but yeah. yeah, it's one of the big ones now, and it's one of the ones that always get into the top ten, top twenty, oh, yeah. top ten yeah. Christmas, and and that's by number one. So. Merry Christmas, everyone. Shaking Stevens and Fountains of Wayne. I want, um, I want to be, I want an alien for Christmas. So that's our oh, number one. So I'm sure you all uh, listening have all your different opinions. I hope if there's a couple yeah. that you haven't heard before, get on Spotify yeah. and have a listen and add them to your Christmas playlists to uh, to break them up and put a couple of different ones on again. So um, I wanted to thank you, Gaz, for joining me on all these podcasts this year. It's been a pleasure. Um, oh, and it's, my, my- Pleasure was all mine. And uh, yeah, th- thanks for asking me, mate. It's, no, been, it's, it's uh, great. It's been, it's been lovely. So, this is the last one of this series. We're going to be back um, the last weekend in January. Um, so, in the new year, I've got a lot of things planned. We're going to do another Power Hour. If you haven't heard that podcast, have a listen. It's where we pick up some subjects out of a hat and have a chat about them. Um, We've got a ranking of Star Wars. We've got a ranking of the of our favourite Britpop albums from the, and we've got our rankings of our Blur Oasis albums. My wife is going to be doing a, a top a top ten films. I think she's going to be doing. Um, I've got I'm going to hopefully have um, a, a bit of uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe discussion. I've been chatting to Gaz about doing a Bruce Springsteen countdown. Um, 
even an Iron Maiden one. I've had a listener request of an Iron Maiden one, and Gaz is the man for that, so he might more be doing More than happy one. to do that, more than happy to um, do that. And on the flip side of that, I'm probably also going to be doing a Taylor Swift countdown, a Robbie Williams Ooh. countdown. We're going to do... Um, <laughs> Try to mix it up as much as we possibly can. As I say, we've got Britpop, Blur, Oasis, Star Wars, all that other type of thing coming your way next year. So thank you very much for listening this year. Have a great Christmas uh, and a happy new year as much as you as much as we can, because obviously it's still quite uh, difficult times out there. But, you know, you know, we just do the best we can and enjoy it as much as we possibly can. I think that's the way forward, isn't it, Gus? Merry Christmas, people. <laughs> Love you all. Cheers. <laughs> Okay, everybody, have a great Christmas. Thanks for listening. This is Music and Film Saves the World podcast, and we'll be back in 2022. See you then. Bye-bye.